Hello, this is Anna from NewsLaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 18th of November. India recorded 11,919 COVID-19 cases and 470 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally stands at over 3 crore 44 lakh, while the death toll crossed 4 lakh 64,000. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. So far, India has administered over 114 crore COVID-19 vaccinations, of which over 73 lakh doses were given yesterday. Adar Punawala, the chief of Serum Institute of India that manufactured the Covishield vaccine, urged all eligible citizens to get vaccinated as soon as possible. He tweeted yesterday and I quote, Vaccine hesitancy is now the greatest threat in overcoming this pandemic, unquote. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 25 crore people, claiming the lives of over 51 lakh. Germany's Chancellor Angela Merkel stated yesterday that with a record of over 52,000 cases in the last 24 hours, the country is experiencing a fourth wave of COVID-19. The COVID-19 cases in many European countries have been surging. Belgium Prime Minister Alexander de Croo said that the map of the continent is quickly going red. The Jammu and Kashmir administration today ordered a magisterial inquiry into a gunfight in Hyderpura, Srinagar, in which two civilians were killed. As per a report in NDTV, the police had first claimed that Mohammad Altaf Bhatt, a hardware shop owner, and Mudasir Gul, a dentist-turned-businessman, were shot dead by the militants on Monday. Later, the police reportedly stated that they might have died in crossfire during the anti-militancy operation. The police had also accused both civilians of being terror associates as Bhatt was the owner of the house where the gunfight took place and Gul was his tenant. Today, however, the office of Jammu and Kashmir's Lieutenant Governor Manoj Jha tweeted and I quote, A magisterial inquiry has been ordered in the Hyderpura encounter. The government will take suitable action as soon as the report is submitted in a time-bound manner. The Jammu and Kashmir administration reiterates its commitment of protecting lives of innocent civilians and it will ensure there is no injustice, unquote. Meanwhile, the families of Bhatt and Gul have been demanding that their bodies be handed over to them. Family members were detained during a protest yesterday and were released this morning. Mohammad Bhatt's niece, Saima Bhatt, had told the Kashmirwala that Bhatt was murdered by the police while being used as a human shield in a staged encounter. Political leaders in Jammu and Kashmir had also demanded a judicial inquiry into the deaths of the civilians in the valley. Please treat this a content warning. The following news update has details of sexual assault. The Supreme Court today set aside a Bombay High Court ruling that had stated that skin-to-skin contact between an accused person and a minor was necessary in order to establish a case under the Protection of Children from Sexual Offences or the POCSO Act. According to the bar and bench, this controversial verdict was delivered by the Nagpur bench of the Bombay High Court on 19th of January. The case dealt with an accused who had allegedly taken a 12-year-old to his house and had groped her breast and attempted to remove her salwar. In the Nagpur bench order, Justice Pushpa Ganediwala had held that the accused actions did not fall into the category of sexual assault defined under Section 7 of the POCSO Act. The Supreme Court had previously stayed the High Court order 
stating that the judgment was likely to set a dangerous precedent. Today, while hearing petitions against the High Court statement, the Apex Court held that sexual intent was the most important aspect of constituting a case of sexual assault under the POXO Act and that skin-to-skin -skin contact was not relevant. The court said, and I quote, construction of a rule should give effect to rule rather than destroying it. The intention of the legislature cannot be given effect to unless wider interpretation is given, unquote. The bench also remarked that the reasoning of the High Court insensitively trivialized, legitimized and normalized behavior which undermines dignity of children. The Supreme Court ordered that the accused in the case will undergo rigorous imprisonment for three years and simple imprisonment for a month. Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal today announced a six-point plan to clean up the Yamuna River by February 2025. The plan includes improving the sewage treatment capacity and network in Delhi, cleaning up of major drains, desilting stormwater drains, and firm action over the release of untreated waste. Speaking at a press conference, Kejriwal also addressed questions on his promise during the 2020 Assembly election to clean up the Yamuna within five years. He said, and I quote, Yamuna is close to everyone in Delhi. It is the lifeline of Delhi. Everyone wants to see a clean Yamuna. It took 70 years to dirty the Yamuna. All the dirt of 70 years cannot be cleaned in two days. But we have now prepared a six-point action plan to clean the Yamuna by February 2025. We have started work on these points on the war footing." Unquote. Among other things, Kejriwal also pledged to increase the capacity of sewage treatment plants, increase household sewage connections, rehabilitate Delhi's sewage network, and clean up the city's major drains using new technology. This is the second attempt by the AAP government to prevent toxic frothing in the Yamuna River. Earlier this year in January, the Delhi government had prepared a nine-point action plan for frothing prevention due to the discharge of untreated sewage in the river. But the river's water remains untreated and toxic. However, this didn't stop hundreds of devotees from thronging the river during the annual Chhat Puja celebrations earlier this month. As several devotees told News Laundry, they believe their faith will protect them. To know more, watch our video report on our website, newslaundry.com. It is titled, Chhat Puja at Yamuna Ghat, Festivities Amidst Toxic Foam. And while you are at it, you can check out a recent report by my colleague Ayush Tiwari, who went to Tripura to report on the aftermath of the violence in the state. The Tripura police and the Home Ministry claimed no mosque had been damaged during the violence. But Ayush visited two mosques, that had been burnt and one that had been vandalized. To know more, read his report on our website. It is titled, A Mosque Was Torched in Tripura, But Cops Say Just a Prayer Hall. And remember, Ayush's work in Tripura was possible thanks to our team of subscribers who believe in paying to keep news free. So if you want to keep the spirit of independent journalism alive, subscribe to us. You can do so by heading to newslaundry.com and clicking the red subscribe button on the top right-hand corner on the screen. Lowest subscription starts at Rs 300 a month only. At the Sydney Dialogue today, Prime Minister Narendra Modi stated that the international order should ensure that cryptocurrencies don't end up in the wrong hands. Addressing the event virtually, Modi in his inaugural speech said, and I quote, 
It is important that all democratic nations work on this and ensure that it does not end up in the wrong hands, which can spoil our youth." Unquote. The Sydney Dialogue is an initiative of the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. It is an annual summit of cyber and critical technologies in an effort to discuss the after-effects of the digital domain on the law and order situation in the world. Today's event was themed, India's Technology Evolution and Revolution. The PM's speech also focused on the perils of technology and data that, according to him, has turned technological advancements into new forms of weapons. Modi said that India's digital revolution is rooted in our democracy, our demography and the scale of our economy. He added that as the digital age is changing everything around us, it is raising new questions on the sovereignty, governance, ethics, law, rights and security. Modi further added that India is currently experiencing five-fold changes in the digital domain, which includes building up of the most extensive public information infrastructure and agriculture. The PM speech at the summit comes days after a parliament committee had discussed ways to ensure the safety of dealings in cryptocurrency in India. The India Meteorological Department issued a red alert today for six districts of Tamil Nadu. According to the News Minute, the six districts are Kudalore, Viluparam, Chengalpattu, Kanchipuram, Chennai and Tiruvallur. Schools have been shut in 21 districts across the state after heavy rains were forecast due to a depression forming in the Bay of Bengal. A warning has been issued in the Union Territory of Puducherry as well. The IMD said, and I quote, A depression has formed over southwest Bay of Bengal at 8.30 a.m. today about 310 kilometers southeast of Chennai. It may move west-northwestwards and cross North Tamil Nadu and adjoining South Andhra Pradesh coasts by the early morning of 19th of November." Unquote. Additionally, the department also forecast isolated heavy to very heavy rainfall in several parts of South Coastal Andhra Pradesh and Rayala Sima over the next 24 hours. Greater Chennai Corporation Commissioner Gagandeep Singh Bedi told the News Minute that a war room has been set up while low-lying areas have been identified. In case of flooding, the corporation has kept 689 motor pumps and 50 boats on standby. Last week's heavy rainfall has already flooded areas like Ashok Nagar, Ashok Pillar and Adyar in Chennai. As of this morning, IMD data showed that Kundalam and Dharampuram in Tirupur recorded the highest amount of rainfall. It also said that the rains in Chennai and adjoining districts will continue till 21st of November. As per a report in Hindustan Times, heavy downpour in the Canadian province of British Columbia trapped motorists in a mudslide, leading to the death of one, while two motorists remain missing. However, according to Al Jazeera, at least four people remain missing. Canadian Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino said that the floods have left around 18,000 people displaced in the province. British Columbia is under a state of emergency as flooding and landslides have caused food shortages. Troops have been deployed by the Canadian government to help rescue those stranded. Following the torrential rains, the flood also led to the collapse of a section of the Kaukihala Highway in an adjacent river. Yesterday, Federal Public Safety Minister Bill Blair had stated that the military forces will protect residents against further flooding or landslides. 
military helicopters have already helped in the evacuation of 300 people trapped in their cars on a highway near Vancouver. Speaking from Washington, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau assured that the rescue operation is underway. He said that he wants the people to know that the federal government has been engaging with the local authorities. He said, and I quote, We are sending resources like the Canadian Armed Forces to support people but also will be there for the cleanup and the rebuilding after impacts of these extreme weather events, unquote. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.